Welcome, everybody, to episode four of Olifon's Motorcycle Club. I'm your host, Matthew. I'm Drew. And uh, this week, we're going to be covering, I was about to say episodes three and four, <laughs> LOL, um, chapters three and four of Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And um, normally, we like to start around with some uh, just general conversation, some beating <laughs> around the bush, if I may. Yeah. Um, but... We we got our fair share of shooting the shit uh, last week. Yeah, we... Um, we had such a good time with our guest Melody that we actually ran out of. Yeah. We were intending to have <laughs> her on and talk about both chapters three and four in the same episode, but and yeah. it um, just ran long. We talked about fast food and the <laughs> ethics of hunting. Um, it re- it something we, for everybody. We went a lot of different ways, um, and I'm just now realizing that although we talked about Waffle House early yeah. on, we failed to mention it in the chain section. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it written down. I think I there, there's so much more to talk about. Hey, every every scar is a story. That's what I say. <laughs> um, um, we should say uh, that even though you listener might be listening to this and last week's episode a week apart, this is only a matter of minutes for us in the the studio. That's what we call movie magic. Yeah, the magic of editing. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. We're almost like God in a way. We control time <laughs> <Yeah>. and space. <laughs> um, more so time. <laughs> um, but just say that to say, we're going to get right into it. Um, should we recap the listeners with like the broad strokes of what's happened so far? Uh, yeah, that's probably good. I mean, wh- there's not much that's happened so far. It's really just like uh, we yeah. learned a lot about the setting and we, then Bilbo left yeah, and gave the ring to Frodo. We, we met a lot of the hobbits and Gandalf, basically. Yeah. Bilbo is departing from the Shire. Yeah. Frodo inherits the ring, learns about its importance in the universe of the story. Yeah. Sackville Baggins is sucking. Yeah. Always. Hey, <laughs> don't give me that. We'll get into it. Um, and... We basically, Frodo and Gandalf and Samwise collectively agree to set about this journey, whatever it may be, whenever it may start. And that's where Mm -hmm. we're jumping in in chapter three, um, entitled Three is Company. And Drew, Frodo still hasn't left the damn Shire. We're not even seconds or minutes after learning about the one ring of power and like the necessity of destroying it to like stop, stop. The forces of evil in this universe. It's been it, <laughs> Tolkien says it's been two to three yeah. weeks since they were like dropping yeah. eaves with this- Samwise, and now he wants to <laughs> wait until fall. Like we're literally, I don't know if we're yeah. in the spring or the summer, but Frodo learns that he's in possession of like maybe the most powerful like, magical <laughs> weapon, the WMDs of Middle Earth, and he's like, ah, "Can we wait till my next birthday? I gotta tie up a bunch of loose ends before I leave." <laughs> Yeah, like the it's so evident that like what we're used to as far as like p- storytelling pacing goes, like is just like such a product of our time period compared to like, oh, yeah. like he like Tolkien was writing this before uh there were sort of like standards set about like this is about how this type of story should be paced. Um, right, because it's just like there's just like no sense of urgency in this at all. <laughs> but basically, Frodo's plan it does make sense is that he 
it, it will cause quite a stir in a way that will like, we know good and well being familiar with the story that by about act mm-hmm. two, do, do you think Frodo really gives a damn about like the, the politic, the petty politics of the yeah. Shire? <laughs> like so much yeah. of his concern is like, well, I need to sell my house and like have a yeah. good alibi for why I'm going to be leaving for a long time. Yeah. Um, well, we're about to discuss kind of like the reasoning and what he does, yeah. but basically he just is asking Gandalf, is it appropriate more or less to wait some time? And Gandalf yeah. is like, yeah, basically that's fine. I've got some errands to attend to. He needs to seek some news. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says, like, look for me by about the time your birthday rolls around, which is in, what, mm-hmm. September? Yeah, September so it, 22nd, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's in autumn. So it'll be basically a full summer before Gandalf plans on being back. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny, like, just talking about how slow it is. It's, there's a really funny irony in the first, like, two sentences of the chapter because it's, you ought to go quick. You ought, oh, wait, never mind. I read that, misread that incorrectly. <laughs> what do you think I misread said? it correctly. <laughs> I thought it said you ought to go quickly. Oh, it, but it does say and you ought to go soon. So there, they do mention like you need, you should leave sooner, yeah, sooner Gan- rather than later. But Gandalf <laughs> still, still his mo is like at, with the benefit of having read this, I think I understand the pacing a little bit more. Yeah, Gandalf himself is still not quite sure how advance the timeline needs to be mm-hmm. he's seeking out some yeah, information I mean, it definitely goes to show like how little information they're working with right now. yeah and his his bigger thing is do not talk about this with anyone yeah and a matter of fact he actually he i think he trusts frodo but doesn't trust sam yeah um because he threatens to turn samwise gamgee into a toad if yeah. if he talks about it at all yeah which is okay I know that's such a small detail, yeah. but I literally wrote down like, "Hold up, is Gandalf yeah. just being like funny, or does yeah. he actually have the power was, of transmutation?" I was gonna, I was just about to say that. Yeah, like we never see Gandalf turn anybody into anything, but it's like it doesn't seem weird that he'd be able to. Right. I believe it. Yeah, and I he is a serious enough character in general that I feel like. If he says that he could theoretically do that, that he's like less than joking. Yeah. So maybe he can only do it temporarily, but I still think he can do it. In which case, they there are so many things that they could do differently to yeah. to get rid of the ring of power. Yeah. Turn the ring into something other than a ring. Yeah. Like make it something you can't put on, first of all. Yeah. We could talk <laughs> for hours about this, but let's let's keep the plot rolling. <laughs> Um, make it turn into a helium balloon yes and then just send it turn it it into space turn it into an eagle and then fly that (laughs) eagle into mount doom (laughs) um (laughs) hey that that that's for the real heads out there familiar with the movies or the books (laughs) and the controversial takes on (laughs) the uh the fellowship's journey um but but before gandalf leaves he does kind of stop playing coy and cause they like, you keep going in circles. Cause Frodo's like, Oh, I still wonder like wherever will we wind up going? What direction <laughs> will I possibly set out on, on this quest? And Gandalf is just not helping him. Yeah. <laughs> but he eventually says like, now that I'm thinking about it, why don't you go to Rivendell? Um, <laughs> house of Elrond, half, half Elven, 
half, good lord, half elven. Um, and my southern <laughs> is creeping in on these elf pronunciations. Um, I, I'm not a Kenya pronunciation <laughs> expert. Um, but so Frodo at least now has an objective, right? Yeah. He says, good, I'll set out to the east. I'll make for the home of like, like the home of all these elves in this particular valley, mm-hmm. which is not close, but it's nearby enough that it's feasible. Um, and that takes us to Gandalf departing. And now Frodo has to set about actually leaving the Shire and making those preparations. Yeah. So the first thing that he decides to do, he, he hey, this housing bubble that we're in right now. Yeah. Frodo s- sees the real estate prizes. He's getting approached left and right by mm-hmm. Verbo Airbnb. Um, it, he he sells bag yeah. end. He, yeah, he, he that, takes the I money and I was surprised run. about that. Me too. He doesn't do that in the movie. I don't, I don't think so. It's definitely not made a point of that he did it if he does. Yeah. I I think the way it's framed in the movies is like he's only been gone months and so people have basically left it alone. Mm-hmm. But by the time he rolls back into town, they're like, yeah. ah, he's probably dead. We'll take his yeah. stuff. But it's like, no, he sells almost all of his stuff. Yeah. Um, to to who else, Drew? The Sackville Mother Effin Bagginses. Bagginses. Um, and you better bet your sweet bippy that at Lobelia price at yeah. a bargain price. You better you bet your sweet ass Lobelia Sackville Baggins is oh yeah um, Lobelia. She is wringing her hands together yeah. to get a hold of Bilbo's like silverware and like <laughs> fire pokers and yeah. assorted home goods. Lobelia seems like uh the name of like a small town in like southwest georgia oh yeah 100 100 percent. it's right next to little Vissy. Yeah. <laughs> little witchy for my southern georgians um but yeah he straight up just with the help of pippin or mary i think it's mary mm-hmm. um he it just yeah. he puts on this act of like oh yeah like Bilbo's money's running out. Like I just, <laughs> I gotta liquidate my assets just yeah. to keep my head above water. Yeah, here. and he claims to be moving to uh, Buckland. Yeah, specifically that... to. Uh, I, I'm assuming this is like the very most specific locale. It's called Crick Hollow. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I was. This is a good time to talk about. Tolkien does this over and over and over again. And I appreciate. He it. just assumes you committed that that memory to map. Map, map to, me- to memory. <laughs> like he'll he'll use in the way that we might talk about like Denmark and the Netherlands somewhat mm-hmm. interchangeably. He'll talk about the region, the subregion, the city, and like the neighborhoods, like almost not interchangeably, but like he'll change the scope that he's referring to it at, like yeah. seemingly at will. Um, which makes it very difficult to keep up with at this yeah. point in the story where the hobbits are actually going. The the maps should come on a like perforated page that you can tear out and just have <laughs> next to you every time you're reading. Matter of fact, maybe we should just like have like a printed out couple of reference maps. Yeah. That'd be good. It would certainly help me keep up with where the hell we're at. Yeah. <laughs> um Where is Buckland? I'm looking. Well, I see yeah, hobbits. I'm looking at the map right now. Um, Hobbiton, right in the middle, basically. I'm sure that 
everyone is. And we know they're riveting. headed vaguely e- east. The Brandywine. Oh, Buck- Buckland is like directly east of the middle. Oh yeah, it's hard oh. to tell what's written there. Yeah, it's um, this is oh, just the Shire. Yeah. Okay, we're making excellent uh, radio right now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I, <laughs> it to for the reader, I think what is helpful to understand is that this looks like it's probably like somewhere between twenty five and fifty miles. Yeah, like it. It is a multiple day walk there just yeah. walking um I was, just to kind of give an idea of this scale we are still exclusively in the shire which is yeah. like the realm of the hobbits which is yeah. one of a very one region of a very large yeah world yeah they make it seem like it's essentially like a county or so <laughs> yeah um, um and it's like they're wa- that pretty much everything we're going to talk about today is just them walking yeah it it kind of sounds like they're walking from, like, Madison County to Athens, essentially. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little more. Yeah. But it's, it's like, the distances that we're working with right now... Which is, like, it's a long way if you're walking. Yeah. But as the, hey, as the crow, as the car flies... <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's uh, not... The farmer maggot drives. Far. So, but, but relevant to the story, it's far enough away from the Shire that Frodo can say, I'm moving here, and he won't be bothered. Mm-hmm. People won't go looking for him, probably, because it's such a long ways. Yeah. Um, and so he'll have some like plausible deniability and cover for being gone for a very long time, such that he won't break any relationships with yeah. his fellow hobbits by leaving for an extended period. Yeah. Oh, I wrote here on uh, page 67... They refer to the Sackville Bagginses as just the SBs. I like that. Um, <laughs> Sons I wrote of bitches. A- SB more like SOB. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> Sons of Bagginses. <laughs> Sackville bitches. Um, the dear Sack listener, the of, combinations of are nearly interest or <laughs> nearly interest, nearly endless. Good lord. Um, so he he pretends he's going broke. He buys this place over in Buckland. Yeah. Um uh with the help of Mary. Yeah. So uh, Mary's like a big deal in Buckland. It sounds He's, like his his name's Brandy Buck. Yeah. Maybe his his family just originated. It seems there. like but I think he's like uh I it seems like of the four main hobbits in this, Frodo, Pippin, and Mary are all like of higher social stature than Sam. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's Sam? like, I think that like Brandy Bucks are like kind of hot shit in Buckland. And well, then like the Tooks memory, are. If memory serves, the Tooks and the Brandy Bucks are like fairly well to do. Yeah. Yeah. I seem to recall the Brandy Bucks being. Um, oh, no. The Tooks are like the, the most rich. Yeah. But the Brandy Bucks, I'm thinking it's just like he has family over there. Like he knows a lot about it. Like Pippin. Yeah. Repeatedly, uh, as they're walking, refers to like knowing that territory better than yeah. Frodo. Oh, also r- talking about that though, Sam is so like submissive. I wrote the this. exact same thing. He's crazy subservient. Yeah, he gets bossed around all the time. Yeah, like I underlined just like so that I would remember to talk about this um, on page seventy-one. 
Um, it says, Sam jumped up looking rather bleary. No, sir, I haven't, sir, he said. And he's talking to Pippin. Yeah. Pippin, of all people. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, be free of your chains. <laughs> um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah, a little bit yeah, plot-wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. um, but it's a good point. There's some weird inter-Hobbit dynamics that will yeah. that will keep saying. There's also I two think. more Hobbits than we're normally working with. I know, and <laughs> we are about to get to it because you remember from last week, I'm a Bulger and Boffin head. <laughs> Truthers. Um, yeah. So, basically, it's been a few months since uh, Gandalf left. Frodo's birthday finally rolls around his 50th, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. We're a full, what, 13 or so years post Bilbo's disappearance after his party. Yeah. It's, it's just, no, it's like, it's more like 20 some, something. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, regardless, Bilbo has been gone for decades. Yeah. And it's been decades since Frodo learned about the ring. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but, Gandalf leaves. It rolls around. The time has finally come. Yeah. Bill or Frodo has finished liquidating his assets, and he, Sam, and Pippin mm. set off not on the ultimate journey, which is a big departure from the movies. They are just setting off to walk to Bilbo. Or I'm gonna keep doing that. <laughs> they they keep setting off to Frodo's new house in yeah. Brandybuck. Yeah. They're going to meet up with Mary, and I think maybe... So, I've been so confused about this journey, honestly. So they, like... I, I had to reread a couple of pages several times just to yeah. make sure I understood. They are I walking... I they're headed... I've, I understand vaguely the trajectory of the entire story, so I'm not that concerned with the... Right. ...with the specifics of certain, like, detours, but... So they, they are... They packed up the very last of the stuff at Frodo's house at Bag End. Mm. Frodo, Sam, and Pippin are going by foot to the new place mm-hmm. where they are supposed to meet Mary. And I think maybe, I think at first they're originally supposed to also yeah. meet his other friends. Yeah. Um, it's weird that it's just Pippin and Sam and Frodo for the first part. Like, you don't see just the three of them most of the time. Right. I, if memory serves, Mary says something like bizarre, like to the effect of like, you'll need a proper housewarming when you arrive. So his plan, like, I oh, think yeah. maybe he's busy, but he plans yeah. to be there. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's also, they're not planning to go on the expedition with no, him. No, exactly. As we'll see later on, they, Sam and Pippin will eventually commit to like, or especially you mean Mary and Pippin. Like, Sam is going. Sam is going. I think Pippin, in Frodo's mind, has committed himself. Yeah. Because of some advice that he gets that we'll we'll talk about. But also, none of them are able to comprehend, like, the full scope of what the adventure is going to be. Yeah. This is... We we are still at the very extreme beginning. They think, like, oh, we're gonna go to Rivendell. That's the craziest thing that yeah. will come from this. So Frodo, Sam, and Pippin set off from Bag End just to walk through the woods to get to Frodo's new place, from which Frodo, he he's worried because he hasn't seen Gandalf, and Gandalf promised to be back by about Frodo's birthday. Yeah. So he says, well, 
you know, hopefully I'll run into Gandalf at some point between leaving and when I get to my place in Buckland. If I mm-hmm. don't meet him, he at least told me to go east to Rivendell. So I can at least do that. Yeah. Um, but he's like, at this point, he's just kind of hoping that at that point he'll either have run into Gandalf or have received yeah. some additional uh, instructions for what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still very much like up in the air at this point. Yeah. But um, right before they leave, Frodo does... Box. Oh, <laughs> true, we're not even there yet. But although I did make a note of that. <laughs> before, literally like seconds before they depart, Frodo is around the corner from Bag End and hears someone, a strange voice, talking to the gaffer, who you may remember from yeah. a few episodes back. Yeah. Um, Love that guy. <laughs> someone is asking about his whereabouts. Mm-hmm. In which he finds he oh, he yeah. he thinks yeah. it's just another hobbit just prying because hey this yeah. damn Lobelia she oh oh Lobelia you've been <laughs> on my mind <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> so he's like he doesn't think much of it but someone is looking for him which will become important yeah they start there they actually depart at night and for, Frodo Frodo hears that yeah so it's like yeah they start Not like something a we get from the narrator. Yeah, we start a night crawlers esque hike over to um, Buckland. And there's a fox. Yes, they, they, when they, you are so excited. This was so crazy. I know, I know. <laughs> but like, you are jumping from they started to there's a fox. And the fox, they don't it's meet. It's my next note. <laughs> they don't meet the fox until they go to sleep that night. So they walk, they don't walk, even walk. meet the fox, is the thing. We're just put into this fox's mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we might as well get to it. They walk as far as they can get with like Pippin and Sam grumbling about being tired. Um, they bed down and go to sleep. And then the narrator, third person omniscient, says that a fox with human level cognition stops and looks at them and comments um, how crazy it is to see hobbits sleeping outside in its own mind. Yeah. It doesn't say it out loud, so it's presumably still a fox that would look like a fox yeah, we're used to. We're presented with the assumption that it's just a regular fox. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how strange. But a, it's implied that all foxes or and it really all animals seem to have like high a high level of understanding. Yeah. And like they're at least articulate in their thoughts. Yeah. And it says hobbits. <laughs> well, what next? I have heard of strange doings in this land, but I have seldom heard of a hobbit sleeping out of doors under a tree. Like the foxes <laughs> think to themselves in like biblical esque yeah. language, which is just <laughs> insane. I understand. Who begat these hobbits? <laughs> yeah. I t- let let's just take a quick sidebar to say I totally understand people not enjoying reading this. <laughs> I have found it delightful so far. Yeah, it's like, it's so just nice to be like presented with like this like world that's like it's so unique because it is so uh, like it it wasn't playing off of any like established traditions, right? For like storytelling, and so it's just like it does weird things like that that I just it makes me really happy when yeah. they have like I hope we get more like talking it's... fox content. Look, going back to our discussion in the very first episode about how controversial of a book this was, there were so many things that I think either then or now an editor would like tear to shreds. 
Because like what when else yeah. thus far has an animal just like thought to itself in the book? We've encountered so many yeah. other animals and then all of a sudden he's just introducing this weird wrinkle yeah. that seemingly is a dead end. It's like it it can come off as like half baked, but I really don't think it is. I think it's just like Yeah, it feels very like a like a real person is writing this and yes. it's like you're sort of just like seeing what it's like when a person is left to their own devices with a particular thing. Yeah. And so it can be inconsistent and long-winded at times, but the overall effect is, well, A, he's incredible at writing. He's he's detailed almost to a fault in yeah. his natural descriptions and, like, descriptions of, like, distances yeah. and relations. And, like, he's just comprehensive. Mm-hmm. And so it can get, it can become a slog. Yeah. But we're we're starting to get into some decent plot, and so it's melting away very quickly, yeah. I think. Um, so we meet this fox that can think like a human, um, the (laughs) next morning or a hobbit, um, the next morning they wake up, um, Pippin, like we were, like you had started to mention Sam basically like bending to the will of Pippin. (laughs) Pippin is just very bossy and like, he's kind of a queen, um, he is he is insistent that they have breakfast that um Sam fetched like water to heat up yeah. and he's like a little bit pissed that Sam hasn't already done this. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like Sam also and maybe this is something we could talk about. Sam also repeatedly refers to Frodo as his master. Yeah. I don't think it's meant to evoke like a like a slave master connotation. Yeah. But it it seems like, more like just the nomenclature of the world, yeah, but like like the the servant to master relationship seems to demand a lot. Yeah, it's it's a very like feudal relationship, I yeah. would say, almost like like lords and like like peasants who work a land and like are committed at some level mm-hmm. to this person. I mean, problematic as a social relationship that exists historically and at present. Yeah. with humans but like only very like superficially problematic in the context of the book yeah like it's not a matter of like sam needs to free himself from his chains because like they're act the the in and out of the relationship is just a friendship he yeah. just sees him he just wants to be help- like i realize yeah. it, even as i'm saying it that this sounds like a pro like a parasocial <laughs> yeah. or like problematic relationship but like it it doesn't feel that bad in the context of the story. Um, anyway. I wrote down, or I circled on page 75 that uh, they, wait, who is it that asked him this? I think it might be Pippin asks Frodo if they want to stop for a bite and a sup. <laughs> These dang <laughs> hobbits want multiple meals, even in one meal. I just thought that was a funny way to say that, too. Very, very English. <laughs> Well, a sup. <laughs> they they're they're hiking and stopping and there's all kinds of descriptions. This yeah. this, this we talked about it off mic. This hike just sounds beautiful. Yeah, it seems like they're having like a good day. I want more stories with they're, they people are, just walking. Is it an, in the next chapter where they start to really encounter the black riders? Well, this is the very next thing. Okay, yeah. Later on in the day, they're going around some bends and they start to hear uh hoofsteps approaching. And they kind of discuss it amongst themselves. They're like, oh, should it really matter if we're on the road or not? But they, they think they should probably get off and just see yeah. who it is. 
so they they kind of hide behind some some foliage or maybe trees and then they see this rider approaching a big person as they call them yeah, essentially just I like in, that <laughs> humans are human sized yeah. entities they refer to as big people yeah um they see a big person in full black fully cloaked yeah, um, Black Horse, too. They're yeah. referring to him as the Black Rider. Now, do we think K.T. Tunstall wrote that song about ring race? <laughs> you know, Big Black Horse in a Cherry Tree? <laughs> they could have been hiding behind a cherry tree, for all we know. Um, I was surprised. Okay, so I think we should first acknowledge, like, I think we're both, obviously, be, having seen the movies, we're just uh, assuming that this is still just the ring race. But it could be. Someone else. It could be, and I think and intentionally. It seems. It's it seems yeah, it seems much more human life like than a ring wraith. Yes, but it would make sense that they met a ring wraith prior to meeting somebody that could take on a ring wraith right. as well. But they they are very unsure. It just stops. It seems it, it's mere presence. I didn't know ring wraiths could like talk. Yeah, if it apparently. Is. I I think maybe there's just some artistic license taken with like their yeah. spookiness in the movies. Yeah, that's true. Um, but this is the first time we really see, and why I'm led to believe this is definitely a ring wraith, mm-hmm. is that the ring starts calling out to Frodo. Mm-hmm. Um, he feels almost like primally yeah. drawn to put the ring on. Yeah, and we we know with the benefit of having seen the movies like to reveal his position to Sauron. Yeah. But he doesn't know that yet. It's yeah. just this strong urge that he feels. Yeah. Well, hopefully that doesn't become a problem for yeah, him. Yeah, I seriously doubt it will, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> he'll yeah, he'll he'll acknowledge that it's an issue now and learn from it and he'll be fine. <laughs> um so they, you know, like this thing kind of seems like it's looking for them, tracking them. It it the horse is sniffing or it's sniffing after them. Yeah. But it eventually moves on, and like Pippin and Sam don't really know what to think. They yeah. just think it's like, man, that was peculiar. Then kind of like scary. Like yeah. maybe we should be a little more quiet. But Frodo is like, he's he is yeah, bugging. He's like, oh shit. Um, um, they run into elves. Yeah. There's oh, a, well, there's also a lot of singing. But well, well, Drew. There's so much singing in these books. At, there is a lot of singing. Um. So they they are singing a bunch of walking songs and being just loud as hell. Yeah. Considering that they are like just had a close encounter. <laughs> and then they they before they encounter the elves, they hear more footsteps. Yeah. And a second rider and they duck yeah. out of the way. And this time there's less stuff for them to hide behind. And so it's like yeah. it's a close call. Yeah. It is off it disembarks the horse and is looking for them. Yeah. And then they hear Elvin singing approaching. And whatever this rider is, this time, is scared off. Yeah. So who who is it that we meet, these elves? Uh, so they are high elves. Uh, MF and high elves. And, yeah. Sam is lit. Oh, Oh, yeah. there's... The, so I, the sort of the leader is Gildor, right? Gildor, yes. Um, yeah. And this is not in the movies at all. No, it's not. And I think specifically because there are so many incidents that occur before we, like, mm-hmm. we are the equivalent of, like, no more than 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And we are approaching 80 pages of text. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different 
yeah individuals that they come across it's it's wild yeah it's honestly it it does have the feeling of like even though this was definitely not something he was like drawing off of it feels sort of like the experience of walking like just through the countryside of Skyrim and they're just like NPCs throughout that you meet. And it's like, here's a random band of elves that you've come across. Yeah. And I think in that (laughs) respect, it's much more realistic because like, there's all these like almost in like a D and D or just like an RPG type way to make a connection to games. Mm -hmm. There's just all these random like side things that you might, that might be beneficial or detrimental. And it's just kind of up to the characters to decide how they interact with it. Yeah. Which is much more, like, that's just how life is. You don't just yeah. single-mindedly try to do anything in life, really. Yeah. Um. So the, the high elves pass through. They um, they actually know who Frodo is. They keep meeting, yeah, they do, actually. Because they, they know who Bilbo is. Right. Um. They keep meeting people that just, like, feed them throughout these chapters. Yes. Like, that's, people are so nice in these I books. agree. Other than the, like, <laughs> horrible, like, yeah. Melkor created monsters. Evil or like the most generous <laughs> and like <laughs> like the most nasty most characters in Lord of the Rings are that aren't explicitly written as evil is like they have they're misgivings like, of yeah, other people. Like rude to yeah. strangers. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I agree. I'm like I want to live in this world where people will like give you the like elven bread off their back. Yeah. Um Frodo is very concerned about the Black Riders and wants yeah. to ask about them, and but they're like, "Yeah, let's not talk about it here." Like, yeah, or at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's hoping the elves have some information about them, but they're like, "Well, yeah, we have suspicions, but like, it's better not to freak you out by what we think it might be." <laughs> yeah, which is such a that That's is so a annoying. very condescending <laughs> way to talk to a hobbit. I get. <laughs> I would understand if hobbits had a complex over yeah. how they're treated by elves and other big people. Yeah. Um, oh, at the very beginning of chapter four, um, chapter four is called a shortcut to mushrooms. Um, Frodo actually says he's talking to um, the other hobbits about like his discussion with Gildor the night before. Um, and they were like, you should have talked to him about this. Um, I'm sure it's super important. And Frodo says, in that case, I'm sure Gildor would have refused to explain it. Yeah. And I was like, man, Frodo coming with the sass. Yeah. I liked it. But still still in chapter three, um, they, right after the Black Rider leaves, they say, like, let's not talk about it here. Follow us. We're, we're walking in more or less the same direction as mm-hmm. you accompany us to Woodhall, which just sounds like this kind of like, not even like a bastion really, but just like a place that they know about yeah. that they can settle down for the it's night. It's like a, like a campground. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and they like eat, drink and be merry, but yeah. not merry brandy book. Nope. Um, and like you said, Sam is losing his ever loving mind. He's like <laughs> the Hobbit version of an, a weeb for elves. <laughs> um, so, um, they sleep in like they they sleep in so many just like nooks and crannies yeah, on like, the ground, like the like <laughs> the um the roots of a tree, really. Yeah, but just like nice and flat and soft. Yeah. Um, Frodo asks about Bilbo, who and that, like you said, Gildor knows Frodo because he knows Bilbo. Yeah. He he does, even though he's being very opaque about what the actual danger they've encountered is. He does at least like 
Frodo elucidates that the enemy, broadly speaking, yeah. is related to this entity. Yeah. Um, and so Gildor actually invokes like the protection of Elbereth, which mm-hmm. is we c- I, we should not get into like the <laughs> mythology here. But needless yeah. to say, um, you can think of Elbereth as the equivalent of like like a classical god like being over a specific domain like mm-hmm. essentially that level of power like a part of a pantheistic religion right but in the context of the universe this would be the equivalent yeah this would be the equivalent of like like just below a god like a demigod yeah. essentially like had a hand in constructing this world like so mm-hmm. this is a very powerful invocation for an elf to like bestow upon a hobbit, I think yeah. it's not talked about at that level, but it it, it is quite striking. Like, yeah, the elves are probably one of the most suspicious of other races, mm-hmm. at least in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it's nice to see them be so nice to a hobbit. Yeah. Um, but I just one thing before we jump to chapter four, um, Frodo jokes that the elves are, like, not good for getting counsel from (laughs) because, quote, they will say both no and yes. These elves, they're a bunch of grill-pilled moderates. They're fence-sitters. I was about to say they're the Democratic Party. Yeah. (laughs) My goodness. So, yeah, as helpful... I mean, it is true. The elves were saying, like, we're not going to tell you. Like, we don't know. It could be this or that. Um, But ultimately, and before they settle down for the night, Gildor of the High Elves recommends speaking with Gandalf before they leave the Shire. And if they can't meet up with Gandalf, that Frodo absolutely needs to bring some trusted friends. So I think this is... Earlier I mentioned Frodo in his mind is already like bringing his friends along. He knows Sam is coming with him, but he says, okay, if I don't... If I can't link up with Gandalf, I still need to make this happen. I'm just going to need to bring people I trust. Yeah. So without even knowing it, I think Pippin and Mary are getting roped in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is crazy because it's like they're. That's like they kind of, I think, join on their own in the movies. Right. Yeah. It's like a, oh, we just want to go on an adventure. Yeah. Which might still happen. We haven't gotten yeah. there yet, other yeah, than Sam. True. And that kind of was his reasoning. Yeah. Um,. But that takes us to chapter four. So they bed down for the night. The next morning, chapter four, a shortcut to mushroom, mushroom starts. Yep. Um, and hey, mushrooms, they're on a trip <laughs> indeed. Am I right? Um, <laughs> I was wondering what kind of mushrooms are they? Like, so at the end of the chapter, they get given these mushrooms. And I, it's like, are they just like truffles probably? I'm picturing brown mushrooms from Minecraft. <laughs> Just like yeah. shiitake mushrooms, essentially. Yeah. Or I guess it's white, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Maybe like, it's like chanterelles. That'd be good. Hey, could be. I definitely feel like there's some kind of gourmet mushroom. Though. It's either that or just like the cartoonish, just like red and white <laughs> mushrooms that you always see, like just all kinds of crazy shapes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that seems more like what a hobbit would be into, TVH. Yeah. Like they know, like they, hardy stuff, but they like yeah. lots like very striking looking produce. So yeah. who who who's to say? Uh Tolkien doesn't do us a solid by intensely <laughs> describing these mushrooms. Oh my so gosh. picture whatever this mushrooms dude never you like. describes anything. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. Um <laughs> so page eighty four, um, they wake up, there's no sign of elves, but they've left them some food. 
Oh, yeah. Um, Pippin, once again, is being bossy as hell. Frodo is trying to talk with them about important things, and Pippin's like, ah, 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 no thinking at breakfast. Yeah. Which, TBH, <laughs> I, let's just talk about it. The Hobbit's relationship with food is probably the healthiest I can think of, of just, like, genuine, just, like, love as, like, one of, like, I think a Hobbit would say one of the reasons for being alive is to eat. and drink and i think that is true like i it is such a pleasurable thing and they're like they're seriously to the point of like you are going to ruin your enjoyment of this lovely breakfast (laughs) by mucking it up and thinking and talking yeah like just say hey don't talk to me till i've had my lambda spread yeah seriously (laughs) um but i don't think they've even had that yet yeah they have that won't come till post rivendell i don't think yeah no lady of the forest right yeah. Man, that's what we got a ways to go. We are not even out of the Shire yet. <laughs> um so Sam is probing Frodo asking, like you said, if Gildor told him anything about these mm-hmm. black riders. Um and Bilbo or Frodo. Damn it. God <laughs> golly. Frodo says, like, no, they didn't really say anything. But Sam does like literally recommit himself of like you know, I don't mind the danger. Like mm-hmm. I've, it's been weird to see some elves. Like I'm in it to win it at this point. Yeah. Um. Oh, so we talked about how they're just like walking this entire these entire two chapters. Yeah. They are drinking so much. It yes. seems like yes. like, and I was thinking like even when they're like riding in like the cart later, I think they're still drinking, and it's like before cars could like make you go that quick. Like, did people just like drink? While they were like Trent going from one place to another, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, like you stay. I mean, it makes goosey. sense, but it's like I don't know. I guess like because you're not gonna get into like a big wreck if you're like on a horse, right? The horse is gonna do most of the work. I think yeah. it'll just be it'll be falling about the place. <laughs> like make sure it's going in the right direction is all it does. But the the horse has got some pretty good uh systems in place to make sure it doesn't crash yeah violently (laughs) plus if you're walking you can stumble all you want yeah um i guess it would make you go slower but like true that'd be more they're obviously not in a hurry (laughs) yeah which again between all the singing and the drinking it's like you think these idiots wanted to get caught yeah um so they they set out from woodhall the next day they decide they to their credit, despite their drinking and singing, um, they decide to change path to kind of be harder to follow, mm-hmm. and they're gonna cut they're gonna cut through brush to get to Buckleberry Ferry. Yeah. Um, they Pippin going- and Sam really are like I don't know. We should stay <laughs> on the road because then we could go <laughs> yeah. to a an inn called the Golden Perch. And Pippin's like they got the best beer I've had. Yeah. Um. And Frodo is like, Are you kidding me? Like we're gonna get caught if <laughs> we're we not do gonna. That. We're not gonna take the long way so we can go to your brewery. <laughs> yeah, because Pippin initially is like, shortcuts make long. Uh, yeah make long delays long delays that's what it is and and he's just he's literally just bullshitting to try and get drunk (laughs) Uh, which hey props i i admire it so they they eventually like 
reluctantly are like, fine, Frodo, we'll we'll cut through all the brambles. Yeah. Um, and it's immediately very difficult, and they are making yeah. no progress. Yeah. But they descend the the initial bank that they were standing at and talking, and when they get to the bottom, they Sam spots with his eagle eyes yeah. <laughs> another black rider, maybe one from earlier, at the top of the embankment, which eventually goes away. But Sam was like, Ooh, I'm sure glad I saw that. Um, they keep making their way through the brush. Still, they're singing again. This is the third time yeah. they encounter they, a black rider pretty obviously looking for them. And, and they just are still singing. Yes. Um, at least they're in the woods now. Yeah, I think Tolkien just like writing, writing verse. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> it's not just saying they're singing. It's like yeah. three or four Man, stanzas. I tried to... Um, Did you sing it to yourself? No, I tried to listen to the audiobook for The Hobbit a few years ago, and I stopped because like there's just as many songs in The Hobbit, but like the narrator was just like it wasn't like the Andy Circus audiobook of it either. It was like this like old man narrator and he would like sing it but it would just be like this old man singing acapella like a song i've never heard before for like three we're walking minutes. down the road again <laughs> and whither we cross no one knows yeah. <laughs> like that's how all the songs go they're they're verse but they're not really like yeah. melodies necessarily yeah. they're just like the melody is not transparent except for there is actually i recognize it from the movie the one that they sing in, I think it might be the Green Dragon, but it Mary and Pippin sing it at one point where it's like, to heal my heart and drown my woe, like you yeah. know, yeah, it's on page eighty-eight of the version of the book that we're reading, um, and I thought that was, I, I didn't I even admit, notice, yeah. yeah, I just like I read that line and I was like, oh yeah, I, but just I imagine Drew that. singing that after three brushes with death yeah, and meeting yeah. some like elves that knew where you were before you saw them <laughs> yeah um they are they lack tact they'll gain it they'll yeah. learn um yeah. eventually finally after like what seems like hours in the story they leave the brambles and are like ah oh, man we really overshot like the path <laughs> that we were going for but pippin knows where they are more or less and it's like yeah. let's just keep going this way yeah because he knows where the location of the fields of Farmer Maggot. Yeah, which, like, there... What a, Frodo's, like, uneasy going to Farmer Maggot because he has, like, a history with him. Uh, like So Farmer Maggot is, like, very protective of his land because he lives on, like, the very edge of the Shire. Yes. And uh, he has these, like, dogs that are, like... He'll, like, sick on people pretty quickly. If you've seen um, Stand By Me, it's a real uh, <laughs> topper sick balls situation or whatever the hell that is. I forget the name of the dog, but, like, the, picture that, but <laughs> hobbits, a, a hobbit owning a farm and sicking it on kids. Um, yeah, Frodo got caught stealing mushrooms repeatedly yeah. when he was a kid. Yeah. But Pippin ain't scared. He's like, yeah. this is well, a Well, I think Pippin's, like, friends with him. Yeah. Even, so... But, and this is another crazy, it's not a huge digression from the movie, but in the movie, they literally just like run through this field yeah, and like, are being chased. they do not want to meet this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause it's like right when they're leaving the, that, that they meet the Black Rider. But Farmer Maggot eventually comes up on them and actually is like super nice to them. Yeah. And it's he's like, like, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Like more or less forgives 
Frodo his trespasses as a youth um, and like invites them in for dinner and then yeah. to like take them by wagon to the ferry yeah. that they're ultimately trying to get to, which is like, that's awesome. Yeah. He just seems like, and then, and then his wife like gives them these like cooked mushrooms. Yeah. Frodo, Frodo has a mushroom plug, Mrs. Maggot. <laughs> um, which is like, it's so funny. It's like pretty explicitly meant to make the reader chuckle in the context of the story of yeah. like, oh, Frodo was so worried, but now he's getting a wink and a nod from yeah. Farmer Maggot and his wife yeah. of like, ain't that, ain't that something? Yeah, yeah, because like his dynamic with Farmer Maggot is basically like, oh, I remember when you did that bad thing, but it's okay because you were just a kid. Yeah, And I, it's also, yeah, it's like, of course they're like that because he was a kid when this happened. And now Frodo's like a 50-year-old man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it's crazy the degree to which they whitewash Farmer Maggot's yeah. kindness in the movies. Justice for Farmer Maggot, I say. For real. Um, he, he is, again, like many of the decent people in this book, just an exemplar of like looking out for one's neighbors and offering yeah. kindness. Like I'm almost, I think, in kind of this uh, like very... Um, you know, subconscious way. Like I am very attracted to the, the popular, the good people of middle earth in a way of like, yeah. Oh, there just aren't humans like this yeah. in and it's the like, real world that, that are like that thoughtful and yeah. helpful. And it's like so specific to like Tolkien's brand of fantasy, you know, yeah. because like, like think about like, I mean, game of Thrones is kind of an extreme example, but like people are just like, like, People are known for being horrible to each other in yeah. that world, and it's like... I, you know what the difference is? What? This is a post-scarcity society. <laughs> <laughs> they got all the pipe weed they could smoke. They got all the the ales. Like, really and truly, though, like there's no, there's very yeah. little, at least in the Shire, yeah. which is like a well... Which is like crazy how it's like this land of plenty, but at the same time is like... They're just like like... Like nobody has tried to like gain control of this like bread basket yeah of a region i honestly think in a way that is just not very realistic like most of the world they have what they need because they work until they get it yeah and like it sustains them and so there's not really fights over resources there's fights over magic weapons and like yeah fights over good versus evil i mean it is very biblical yeah fights over level. these like one of a kind objects that like yeah so it's like have this immense power greed and hoarding still exist but it's like in a very it's not over like yeah. stocks of bread it's over yeah or money it's over it's yeah it's very rarely over even like gems and jewels and so yeah. forth it's like yeah gems that like have a hand in like creating or destroying the universe or yeah, something crazy exactly. like one of those it's a it's one of the silmarils that's found in yeah. the heart of a thing and then the conflict isn't between two like nations it's between a kingdom of dwarves and a dragon yes <laughs> um <laughs> just bonkers stuff like it like this the it, it at once is like the um the standards for what qualifies as like a meaningful like battle between people are yeah. so much higher like you really it has to be like a matter of life and death for the entire realm for it to really get to the point of like full-scale war yeah but then it's like all in 
it is yeah. every like no one is untouched by war when it happens. Yeah. But it happens compared to what humans are used to, like our listeners and us, like much more infrequently, it seems like. Yeah. It's just that you're more likely to get like randomly stabbed at any point by like a marauder or something. Yeah. <laughs> um Well, we can have some closing thoughts. We're getting close to an um, hour, but let's go ahead. The very last thing that yeah. happens. Yeah. They Farmer Maggot is approaching the ferry, and then they hear foot. Oh yeah, like hoof prints or hoof prints. They don't hear the prints. They hear like clops. <laughs> we'll say, yeah. Oh, far, who goes there? And who is it? <laughs> is Mary M F and Brandy Buck? Oh yeah. He was waiting for Frodo at. Frodo's new place, and he just never showed, and he was yeah. like worried, and he was he thought he might see him at the ferry. Yeah. So at this point, we got Frodo, we got Sam, both of whom are basically in it for the long haul. Yeah. Pippin, who's at least in it to get to the new house, and yeah. Mary, who's at least in it to get to the new house. <laughs> That's but, like half of the freaking fellowship. Right I there. know. But we are still not even to like their quest being really like realized which we'll get to um yeah so yeah and so now they're basically are they still are knowing they're knowing them they're probably gonna stop at frodo's house next right (laughs) probably for the story okay so and then they're but eventually they're they're kind of headed in the direction of rivendell well thinking about they're gonna go to brie yeah i i think thinking about how the movie is set up and how they immediately get off the ferry and enter Brie, I do think that like oh yeah the the next step is for them to like either go to the house and then to Brie yeah it's or gonna be like Brie. well we decided to spend two weeks in uh, Crick Hollow <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and I also don't know exactly where in the story Tom Bombadil fits in yeah I that's, have no idea that's still so if you, dear listener, are only familiar with the movies, get ready to have your brains friggin' splattered against the yeah. wall. Yeah. Not from I've never read anything with Tom Bombadil, but he's apparently this kind of like world altering character in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's basically where we're at in the story. I don't want to speculate too much just yeah. because the movie might color what I assume yeah. is happening. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts just about where we're at up to this point in the story? We've we've talked about yeah. just how beautiful and like descriptive and nice the the journey has been so far. Yeah. It re, it it's like the literary equivalent of going on a long but quiet hike. Yeah. It's yeah. quite nice. It's very it was yeah. quite pleasant to read, yeah. especially it's, compared after to after reading the descriptions of them just yes. traveling like I more than ever want to do a like camping episode or something like yeah. that. Like where we still, still working with the story. Like we've read something um, or we've just read a particular, it would just be us, I guess, doing our chapters for the week. Right. Um, but we would just be doing it from a campsite. Um, hey. And dear listener, we'll make it happen for you. Yeah. Dro- yeah. Hey, drop five stars and a comment down below. <laughs> Smash that like button if you want us to do a camping trip. Yeah, for real. Not even we'll write it off on our taxes. Yeah, not even money off. We're this. not even going to record the pod. We're just going to use your money <laughs> and go on a camping trip. Yeah. We're um, act- we'll actually stop the podcast once that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um no, we will we'll be here forever. <laughs> yes. We'll never die. That's right. Um 
some of the main things that really kind of occurred to me, um, because we're starting to really get into the plot and like it, it the pace is picking up considerably. Mm-hmm. It is getting really engaging to read the book compared to yeah. the onset. Like I see why there is so much inertia for people making it very far in these books, if at all. Yeah. Um, but once you get into the meat, it is it's a page turner. It really is. Yeah. Especially if you like having lots of characters and world building. Um, it's, it's, it's like a very passive version of like playing Skyrim for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. That said, and like, I don't know if you remember from when we talked about just our initial interest in Lord of the Rings from the Mm -hmm. first episode, but I read this book, I think in ninth grade. Yeah. I don't remember a damn thing from this part yeah, of the book. Yeah, I'm sure if you were reading it in ninth grade, you were also, like, you were reading it when you weren't reading, like, Romeo and Juliet. Right. And, like, it was, like, the last thing you were doing for the evening, and you were just, like, comatose. Like, that's like, how I was when I tried to read anything like, in high uh, school. I already, because I, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure I had seen Fellowship. Yeah. Before I read it, which is why I was interested in reading it. Because I read yeah. The Hobbit when I was little, like fifth grade. Yeah. Um, so I was familiar at least with the universe. I basically just remember like... Yeah. Like literally, if you were to pick like one plot point from not even every chapter we've read so far, just half of the chapters we've read so far. That's all that I remember from this part yeah. of the book. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. Um. But it that I appreciate coming to it, and I think this is part of the reason why we wanted to do this pod, is that coming to it at this point in our lives, young though we still are, like there's so much more perspective that we have. Yeah. Compared to and the, also just like patience, like yeah, we both have. Um, I it decided not to continue with the master's program that I was a part of, but like we both have a lot of time in like upper level education to the point where we've just read incredibly dense texts not right. for fun yeah so now it's like something like this which feels sometimes like incredibly dry yeah is like it's nothing because i don't have to do this for homework anymore yeah. and and what's funny <laughs> is like i find myself taking notes at least as consistent if not more than yeah. reading like an academic article that i've been assigned i'm i'm really yeah. enjoying the process so yeah. far so i i hope I, you all listening also enjoy this or can take something fun away from it because regardless of whether you like Lord of the Rings or not, engaging with something at this level is so rewarding if you really yeah. are into it. Yeah, but also, that being said, we obviously we hope that you're enjoying this, but, um, you know, we just tried another podcast. Uh, oh, that's cute, Mia. Keep oh, doing that. I got a kitty cat making biscuits on me. <laughs> Sorry, people. Hey, um, episode three, we had cheddar biscuits. This week, we got kitty cat biscuits. <laughs> um, Which is better? Yeah. So, episode say? three, we tried something uh, different and didn't do what we initially promised this podcast would be. Um, but, you know, something we were obviously having the intention of doing, releasing podcasts that weren't related directly to the book that we're reading. Um yeah, and so let us know if you like that or other suggestions. Like, I, I think we all enjoyed doing the talking points at the end. Yeah. Um, when we just decided that we were going to make it its own episode and not the intro to the main episode. We're going to have fun no matter what we do. Yeah. Y'all just let us know what you like. Yep. Um, Other than that, 
man, we are excited at this point in the book, and mm-hmm. essentially nothing has happened of yeah. major consequence other than Bilbo leaving. Right. Um, I am so stoked to get into the two towers and the return of the king. Yeah. Um, but even just like the action, like yeah, hits later on in this story. I'm ready to see how many more animals we meet that yeah talk seriously or think, I guess, more <laughs> than anything else. Um, yeah. Um, well, Drew, any any uh final thoughts for you? Uh, I think that that's pretty much everything that I got. All right. Well. The next episode should be, barring any changes or any um, episodes that aren't related to The Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. uh, chapters five and six. So if you want to follow along for next week, yep. that's what we'll be covering. Yep. Um, this has been episode four of Oliphant's Motorcycle Club. If you like the show, you should check us out on Instagram at Oliphant's underscore MC. You can email the show with whatever's on your mind or potential episode topic ideas unrelated to Lord of the Rings. Um, at oliphantsmotorclub at gmail.com. If you want to watch Drew do some Minecraft playthroughs while the pod is playing in the background, you should check out our YouTube, Oliphants Motorcycle Club. You can follow the show's Twitter, at oliphantsmc. You can follow Drew on Twitter, at drewfelt. You can follow me on Twitter, at mute underscore Matthew. Everything we just covered is going to be in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a listener of the show. And uh, don't forget to drop a five-star review if you really liked it. All righty, y'all. We'll see you next week with some Lord of the Rings content. (laughs) 